It's Iron Man. Wait, what happened? Oh, it's Iron Man. So YouTube's only showing. That's what it's just told me. Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome again. It's Monday at 7 p.m. London time, and we're back for another episode of Podcasters Unleashed. And you're going to love this one this week. If you are interested in dating, if you're interested in relationships, if you're interested in the realities behind dating apps, this is the one for you. So we are looking forward to hearing your experiences about dating apps, also your questions, any controversies. There are millions of people around the world who have tried or are using dating apps currently. So we would love to hear your feedback about this. And before we get into that, I'm going to let my lovely co-hosts introduce themselves. Simon, over to you. Hi, I'm Simon Rushton. My podcast is Taxi Chronicles, where I interview people as they jump into my taxi and they talk about whatever comes across their mind, from relationships to crime to career to all manner of things. It's very interesting. It's short. It's five to 20 minutes and there's 500 episodes there. So there's definitely something out there for all of you. Um, but over to you, uh, Matilda. Hello, everyone. I'm the host of Coffee with Matilda, a journey to self. We talk about how to find yourself, how to love yourself, and how to come out of adversity stronger than before. Over to you, Kaula. Thank you, guys. So I'm the host of the podcast, Women Stories, where I share real stories from women uh, across the globe and who rose above different challenges. And Simon, I'm curious to know, if you had criminals on your taxi because you talked about crime. <laughs> Sorry, what's that? If I have criminals on a taxi, of course, everybody. Yeah. everybody. <laughs> have you ever had a parking ticket? Then you're a criminal. Have you ever not paid your TV license? Then you're a criminal. Just because you don't get caught doesn't mean you're not a criminal. So let's not judge okay. and move along. <laughs> So, um, Carla. Yeah, and my podcast is the Wonder and Wellbeing podcast, which is a podcast for parents and teachers, and it's all about education and well-being. So we're not talking about children today. We're talking about adult topics, and today's topic is all about the realities behind dating apps. So have you had a scary story or, a, I don't know, maybe you've had a wonderful story to those in our audience, tell us about your experiences with dating apps. What experiences have you had so far or what questions do you have so far? And while we're waiting for your responses, we're going to get into our discussion with a little bit of history behind dating apps. Simon, tell us a little bit about the history and the background of dating apps. Well, excuse me, excuse me, I've got a bit of coffee. Um, well, dating apps have been around for some time and... Um, you do have, in the sense of technology and dating apps, before there was actual apps, you had, which from my knowledge was Plenty of Fish. Plenty of Fish is a was a website, which is a dating website, but I know we're talking about apps, so bear with me. And it used to be like an eight-page document you'd have to, excuse me, you'd have to fill it, you'd have to fill in. Um, describing all about yourself, writing up just basically CV upon CV upon CV, and then you'd hope to network like that. But as modern technology moved on, and eventually with the iPhone and many other things, there came about the apps. Now, to my knowledge, the first dating app was an app that was, that was really like a, a caught-on big app, was a gay app. It's called Grinder, And it set a principle of 
all the other apps for all the other apps on how to get a quick fix or a long fix, how you ever put it. And the idea was that within a certain distance, it would tell you who's available for, let's say, a quick happy time for any kids that are living out, <laughs> out there. And then you could like swipe left, swipe right, yeah, meet up, and they would do whatever they do in their world of things, and they'd move on to the next person. Someone has took that concept and thought, oh, this would be good for everybody else. And um, then it grew from there. And then the idea of swipe left, swipe right. So now you have a, what you have, you could say a tier system of dating apps. You have the McDonald's or the chicken, chicken shop version of dating apps, which you could argue is plenty of fish. And then Tinder and goes on to Bumble, Hinge, those kind of things. And then you've got the elite dating apps which I only found out about the other day. And what it, that is, is where you have a billionaire dating app. Now I know, listen up carefully, ladies, for all those single women out there. A billionaire dating app, you have to know someone to be able to get onto it. <laughs> but it's only billionaires. And I assume it's probably aimed at men uh, who are billionaires, not women and things. But you do have other dating apps where you have to pay two or 3,000 pounds a year and you're only meeting people of a certain caliber because you want to meet people as the good book says who who are equally yoked so that's my personal knowledge on to dating app history so far i hope everybody's been enlightened um and the beauty of dating app is that now it's the most popular in in england it's the most popular way to find a husband or a wife but um it used to be the workplace but now, at the convenience of things, you can, you're, you're better off on a dating that. And the, the truth behind it is that you will meet people who generally liked your photo. It wasn't an influence from the club or their friends or anything like that. They actually made a conscious decision to say they like you. So that's dating apps round up in the, in the nutshell. And the most popular app, from my understanding, in England anyway, is Tinder. But it's not always known for the best things in life. But back to you, Carla. Okay, interesting. So you learn something new every day, don't you, when you have all these different discussions. I, I wonder, do you think, do you guys, this is to all of you really, do you guys think there's, there's, there's any stigma um, associated with dating apps? Because Simon's saying that it's it's the most popular way to meet a partner. But um, there was a time where there was some kinds of stigma behind using dating apps. And it was almost like the people who couldn't find a partner in the traditional way um, would turn to dating apps. Do you think that's still there or do you think it's there isn't any stigma? What do you think, Matilda? Unmute yourself. I'm sorry, Carla. Before we go to the to the question, I just want you to mention the audience today that uh, we cannot connect to the Facebook Live because of the issue we have, not because we don't want to connect. So can you tell them so they are not going to be, I mean, when they're going to hear the re- uh, replay. Yeah, that's right. We are having some technical issues, as is everybody around the world with Facebook, WhatsApp and Instagram. So um, we can't communicate with some of our audience today, but we'll be sharing the episode later and we'd love to hear your feedback um, and your comments and questions and things on this episode. So back to you, Matilda. Um, I don't, I mean, uh, if I understood the question very well, I mean, I don't think people are, I mean, this is the way to go now. What are you going to do? This is the popular way of finding 
your love partner as of now. So I think now it's very good. There's no stigma about it. Okay, what do you think, Howla? Do you agree? Uh, I do agree that we we are not. Uh, they don't. <laughs> uh, we don't have a, actually a choice because now uh, choices are being reduced with the pandemic and what's happening. And uh, I feel also the social uh, environment is it's become to it's different now. And we are more divided than before. So people are trying to create this uh, social interactions, are trying to find someone uh, because we are social animals. So we want to, to, to be with someone, to be with partner. And uh, these apps is a transformative technology and it's underrated in terms of its uh, uh, negative effects. And when you see it, it produces a high successful uh, uh, women and men uh, from the picture we see and uh, it could also lead to this kind of uh, artificial uh, environment so yes we will talk about this later back to you Khan. I would jump in there I'd say <laughs> I think in today's world it's very fast and um, and I say today's world because even in um, I lived in Africa for approximately 10 years. And in the rural areas, you can still get dating apps. I've been to Saudi, um, where obviously they have a strict custom and I've seen dating apps there. I've seen, um, I know you've lived in Qatar, um, Carla, where you have the Islamics used um, Facebook as equivalent for dating apps because dating app is banned um, by the... Um, religious leader or, or what have you. So I see that dating apps are, are here to stay and that people like them across cultures. It's an easy way to meet people who you would never necessarily cross paths with. It makes the world a lot smaller place and um, people like a push button society. They, they like the ability that they can have a conversation with somebody and um, move on very quickly and it's relatively safe I'm assuming you go down the right measures of getting to know someone. And I always suggest and recommend to anybody, especially ladies, is video call them first and video call them at prime time. So you know whether they're married, they've got lots of kids running around in the background and all these other things. <laughs> and for the fellas, no one loves the catfish. So video call her and see what she looks like without her makeup on. Mm. Mm, very interesting. Okay, interesting advice. Interesting advice there from Simon. So, all right, so let's get into it. You guys have touched on it a little bit about the pros and the cons um, of dating apps. So let's talk about the pros and cons from the perspective of, of men and women, because you gave two different um, two different sets of cautions there, Simon. So the cautions for the men were all about making sure that she's as hot without her makeup on as she, as she was with it on. We are visual, so that's why I throw that out to the men. Women, obviously, you yes. want to know. But remember, as a man, if you've got a big wallet, it substitutes. Okay, well, <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Oh, yeah, there's plenty of rich man out there who you look at her and you think, how did she get her? And then you go, ah, oh, he's got a Ferrari. Now I understand. <laughs> No, that's a disrespect. 
Not every man looks at women to see oh, if they have a certain boobs or certain legs. Not every man is in that caliber. There are men who are deeper and quality. And there are women who are quality that they don't look at the man's wallet. They it might consider it, but it's not the, uh, it's not the main criteria. So don't put all the men and women yeah. in the same category. Okay. We have quality men and quality women. Okay, Matilda. I love, the, I, I love what you're commenting. And what I would say is this, I agree with you in the sense that it's not the only factor when you said as women, it's true, but it is a factor. And that's my point. And um, when it comes to finance, because there's no woman who really wants, who looks out for a broke man or a dustman. And um, on the other side of things, this all wraps in with Tinder and dating apps, because when you're looking for somebody, what are you looking for? You're looking for the guy standing beside a Mercedes or a Ferrari or half naked with a six pack, or, or he says he's got to own his own business. Or you're looking for the man who says, I'm a bus driver or I'm a dustman. Yeah. And men, doesn't matter what anyone tells me, men are visual. Now they may, don't get me wrong, there's other qualities that anybody in their right mind is going to look for. But the main thing at the start, which attracts you like bees to honey, is that visual element. And it's got to be what you like. Because and women, that's why those algorithms are done by men. <laughs> as we know, women like monogamy. Yeah. So if you don't want your partner to cheat, that's the standard he's going to come with at the very start. So, uh, Simon, this is disaster. What you're saying? It's true, though. No, but what's part of this? I'm sorry. Yeah, thank you. I'm sorry. Is the woman's leg and the woman's boobs and the woman's face will raise your kids? No, it's her values. It's her principles. It's her mindset. It's her. Um, it's her humanity that will raise a good kids for you. So I'm sorry if a man is looking for uh, having fun. Okay, that's a different story. But if a man is looking for a life partner, then what is this look? Well, what does it represent? Look is there for five years, ten years, max. What are you going to do after that? Look for a younger woman? Is this the quality of men we're looking for? I, I think because we have very stupid women because they're following Kim Kardashian and I don't know, Naji, Naji something. I don't know that they have 120 or 30 million followers. That's like a couple of countries together. We have women like that. That's why they raise men like this. But no, it's the quality of humans that they take care of uh, the next generation. Values and principles. Not the looks and the Benz and the, I don't know, Ferrari. Just to respond, just to respond to the statistics, because uh, right. they have done a statistics on Tinder. Let, let me respond to Matilda. Okay. As I said again, Matilda, I didn't say you're wrong. I said I agree with you, but when you see somebody on an app, you do not see their personality. You see their looks. You see their shape if they show your whole body. Do you understand? So that is the first thing, man or woman, that attracts you to that person. You see their face, and then you make a conscious decision whether you're going to read their write-up if they have any. So regardless of what you say, statistically, I'm 110% right. That's the first thing that attracts somebody to somebody. Everything mm -hmm. else comes secondary. Because it's the first thing you have to... They have to be... 
soft on your eyes. They have to be acceptable to your eyes. If they're not acceptable to your eyes, you're not interested. You don't look at someone and think, he's really ugly or she's really ugly, but I bet they've got a good heart. You look at someone and think, they're attractive. Let me see what's, what's more to them. And that was my point. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm just emphasizing on the fact that we are visual creatures as men and on dating apps, which we're referring to, it's about visibility, pleasing the eye. Well, it's the algorithm is designed like this, Simon. Sorry? The algorithm is designed like this. When you see the interface, the, the dating app, you see the picture like this and you have the text. So people, yeah. yes, are visual and they see it's the, the algorithm is designed. And when you like certain people, they will propose to you the same people that you like. So you will be always into this same criteria that you want. This is the algorithm. Is this how it works? All so. right. Can I point out with with dating apps, it's not about a algorithm because it's about who's in your vicinity. There's only one dating app which is Hinge, where you can actually select what race, what culture, what religion. All the rest, to my knowledge, are is just if someone's in your area, they pop up. You could either scribe left or right. It's not about algorithm per, per se. And the reason that you have but a picture... This is what you say is a criteria me, for algorithm. Bear with me. The reason you have a picture is because originally, as I said, it was all text. And a picture speaks a thousand words. And they know statistically people are attracted to pictures and video. That's why even in some apps like Bumble, you can have a video element. But at the end of the day, that's a natural progression. They do what works with human nature. Just like TikTok, it works with human nature because it, it's a slot machine basis. Do you understand? And you yeah. don't need an alg algorithm per se just to bring people's faces up in a certain vicinity because it will show you, if you say Greater London or Inner London or a borough of London, it will show you everybody in that borough, even if they're just passing by based on your radius. That's not an algorithm per se. That's just, you said you want London, we'll show you everybody in London. You said well, you it's want- It's a criteria you choose, but no. you don't know, basically that you don't know how the algorithm works because I, I say in the long term, when you like certain people, they will show you the same people that you like, different people no. that you like. Yeah, I think it is like the algorithm is that, that way. Are you, have, you been on a date? have you been on a yes, date? Yes, okay. yes. So, so I don't know if French, French people have different dating apps, but let's say Tinder. Tinder is very popular. Do you have Tinder in France? No, I don't have. No, I don't use it. Okay. You, what dating app do you use? There is a Facebook dating app. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there, is another, there is another dating right, app. Now you're talking some stone. You're, right. I don't know about no Facebook dating app. All I can tell you is real dating apps because I wouldn't put Facebook in the in form of a dating app. That's just for people try, probably kind of trying to be undercover using Facebook dating app. The dating app really, Tinder, mm -hmm. yeah, Bumble, all those kind of things out there. Algorithm, uh, Facebook may do their thing whole different, but I can speak for, for the Bumbles, for the Hinge and all those other things, and I can tell you how it goes. And it goes on distance. Hinge is the only one, from my knowledge, where you... Uh, you can select, like I said, race, religion, and things like that. But yes, but these are, comments. again, basic criteria. So we've got, we've got some <laughs> comments from someone. Um, 
Diaspora Entrepreneurs, that's Victor. He said, hi, guys. A large pool of potential matches brings with it more decision-making about um, who to choose, making trade-offs between uh, which potential mate <coughs> to pursue and which to avoid. And he said, goes on to say, because the first impression people have a potential date are pictures and a description. It's hard um, to form an accurate first impression. Also, that Alga can um, be tricked tri tricked by key words. Yes, but as I was explaining to Victor, um, as I, sorry, as Victor, as I was explaining to Howler, that you don't need to wor um, worry about a algorithm or algorithms don't really come into it where you've got. Um, a distance. If you if if that's been your focus, if I said I want Greater London, I want Greater London. But without repeating myself, I'll go back to you, Carla. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more though about the algorithms in relation to um, whether or not dating apps increase our options, because this is uh, the big factor, isn't it? Because you guys mentioned earlier that this is the way that things are done now, that life is so fast, and so people just don't have time um, to meet people in a traditional way. So, Howler, from your knowledge, from your experience, and also talking to people, because we're all different age groups here, aren't we? Without giving away our ages, we we span quite <laughs> we span quite a few years between us. Um, and Howler, you are the younger of, amongst us, so we want to hear your your feedback about algorithms, about patterns, about social media, even how that ties into um, dating apps. Because some people use some forms of social media, don't they, as dating apps or in a similar way. So what insights can you give us about algorithms and, and the realities behind dating apps in terms of our options? Do we really have that? Are there that many fish in the sea or not? I just, well, thought, I... I just put on that on the, in answer to your question. Um, this is what it says on the search engine about dating apps. The big dating apps have potentially matching algorithms that they famously cagey about, but most rely on a combination of stated preferences. And that's what the stated preferences is what I'm referring to. If you state something that oversees the um, algorithm stated, but sorry, hello, carry on. Okay, well, I, well, I think sometimes uh, some apps, it might increase the, the choice of having some psychopath men. <laughs> because actually in the dating apps, um, it's very interesting for men because their um, percentage of a rejection is being uh, reduced while uh, it's not that typical male experience because before dating apps uh, a lot of um, male males uh, got uh, reject rejected and that was normal before dating apps and now we see that uh, dating apps could help uh, men uh, have more choices for women and they have done also a study about that, is that uh, women, they swipe 4%, while men, they swipe 60%, which is a huge difference between uh, men and uh, women because, because men, they don't have the criteria. They, they look about, uh, they are wanted to talk to women, a lot of women, and also they are not having a lot of criteria like women because women want to see those signs of success, handsome, good-looking, someone who also could uh, equalize the economic disparity that exists. And uh, why she's looking about that? Because it's not, it's not out of, um, she, she's not greedy or, 
or don't get that criteria because she's greedy or she wants financial support, but because women, they take a harder hit uh, in terms of uh, sexual relationships and, uh, and physical relationships. So uh, women want to be uh, supported and want to have more uh, consist consistency and safety uh, for men. So that's why she, women, they have a lot of uh, criteria than men when they are swiping. And it's just not about looks, about also the, the security that the man could afford. And uh, also they have uh, talked about um, how dating apps can keep you in, the, in that dating apps for so long. They have uh, found out there is a guy on Tinder who got 20,000 <laughs> likes from women. So imagine that he got 20,000 likes from women and Tinder uh, rewarded that guy and uh, they, they gave uh, him um, uh, perks, advantages, so he can stay more in this app, actually. And that's what's happening in this uh, psychological behavior. It's men, they are now uh, uh, more uh, interested in uh, polygamy and polyamorous relationship because even if their intention they don't want to uh they have more uh this kind of behavior and practicing to to have different relationships and also to to be with different partners so i think also uh um dating app they really um uh gave men more opportunity but i don't think it's the healthiest way of relationship that men could have so, and of course, there are a lot of men who got rejected because a lot of uh, women, they go to the same criteria and they, they pick the handsome, good-looking men where there are a lot of men, they don't get any likes. And it creates that, it destabilizes the social environment because you see 99% of women, they will go to the same guy with all the criteria and you will see <laughs> the other men, tiny men, poor men who doesn't have any anything. So it creates really doesn't regulate the social aspect of it. Okay, that's quite interesting. So this goes back to my original question, and I want Matilda to, to give us some insight into this as well, is does it really increase the, the choices? Does it really widen the pool from which people are choosing? Matilda, what do you think? I think you have to realize uh, what stage in your life you're in. If you're dating to meet people, I think it's an exceptional tool. Uh, imagine if you move to a new area, to a new neighborhood, to a new city, to a new country. You don't have a lot of people. You don't know a lot of people. So dating app can be an uh, interesting tool for you to socialize with people. Not necessarily to find the one, but to find people that you can go out, to date, and yada, yada, yada. So I think it's important to realize what you're using this app for. It's a tool. It's a tool to meet lots of people that maybe in your regular life you wouldn't have the opportunity to meet. So it can benefit you. But if you're looking for to find the one, then you need to maybe more uh, focus on using a specific dating app to give you that opportunity. Obviously, if you're, if you're looking for to find the one, you're not gonna go to Tinder to find that, but maybe to have fun and maybe find one night stand or to enjoy your night or to you know, go happy, be happy with people, then Tinder can be a good app for you. 
Um, so yeah, I think uh, it's a tool like anything else in life, like money, it's a tool, like knife, it's a tool. It's a tool, you need to use it um, the way that you think it's, it's um, based on your values and principles in life. Do you think it's a numbers game then? Is, and, and this is to all of you. Um, is, is, do you think dating, uh, Simon, you can uh, just, you could go first in a second. Do you think it's a numbers game, Simon, from what Matilda's saying? Well, firstly, I'd like to just address what Matilda's saying about um, you couldn't find, you have to go to specific apps to find, really find what you want. I think there's some truth in that, but there also there's the truth is that at the end of the day, people are people. And depending on who you meet and when is what conscious decisions you make, whether you're going to do the whole nine yards, I get married and settle down and have children, or whether you keep on rolling in that respect. And I don't think that's all down to one app in general. I just think it's down to who you meet and is it the right time in your life and their life and fireworks. And so, and so um, <coughs> excuse me, and things along that, that line. So your remind me of your question again, yeah, I was saying, based on what Matilda was saying, um, do you think it's a numbers game? Is it the more people you date, the more likely you are to be successful? Because uh, yeah, I know what you're bringing up is a point about, yeah. um, and Matilda also brought it up about why you're on there. You need to know mm. why you're on there. And she brought out um, about people who just want to have fun, for example. Mm. Um, and obviously, that's very different from somebody who may be looking for marriage, you know, maybe mm. actually being serious and trying to filter through many, many people in order to find a partner for a long-term um, committed relationship marriage, you know, mm. like you said, the whole nine yards. So mm. my question is, is it a numbers game? Is this what makes people successful or is there something mm. else that makes people successful? I think numbers plays a part of it. The more people you have, the more opportunity you have to, let's say, find the right person, but you could have, let's say, five women out of 100 of the right person, and you find, meet those five women. How do you make the choice there, or do you keep them, like, jogging along, moving and enjoying life, let's say? Um, I just feel, personally, the beauty of a dating app is that you reach people that you would never normally have a chance to be able to reach in life, and, excuse me, and things are along that lines of things. So yes, numbers does play a part, but it all comes down to the individual whether they really want to settle down. And that's also the individual that they're dealing with because you could have an intention to settle down and you meet someone, then a week or a month or three months later, you look at them and you think, oh, lifetime, you? Nah, it's not going to work. And then you move on. Do you understand? And that's a reality regardless of your gender. Back to you. Uh, yeah, I want to say something, you know, um, maybe people don't know. So whoever is listening and they're interested in dating app or they're interested to find the one, there are dating apps, specifically in New York, they use it a lot, that uh, you go, you sign up there, and then they find you, you pay it, significant amount of money depends on your level uh, whoever you are as a man or as a woman so they find someone according to your level um and these these i know a friend of mine that they found their life partner through it but that that app is for people who really look for the one so they come there with a specific amount of budget 
and they are serious about it. It's like a project. So um, it's not like Tinder. So if someone is still on dating app and they are uh, not feeling good about it, just know like, just know which app you're signing up for. And there are apps that will give you the opportunity to find the one if that's your goal and purpose. What's okay. interesting about what Matilda's saying there, because she's talking about what I was spoke about on the history of dating apps, where you do have these elite dating apps where you pay a significant amount of money and everybody on there is earning a minimum of a certain pay bracket. But then obviously those kind of people are very like-minded. Let's say they're corporate people, they're very um, structured, and they treat their personal life probably like they treat their career, their business. It's like, okay, I've done this, tick box, six up there, I need this, and blah, blah, blah. And, and they can, it's just very formal. Whether those relationships, marriages really last, whether they're really genuine, whether there's, that's a whole other debate. But yeah, you, they are finding people like-minded, but are they necessarily really the right people? I would, I, I think that's what comes to interest because just because someone's got a certain amount of money doesn't really like Matilda, <laughs> Matilda's word, doesn't really make people what um, they should be for what you need. But just moving on, I've got some questions. Um, uh, I'm sorry, let me say, it's not about the um, money. They, they, they interview you for that, uh, to be on that app. So it's a big process. Like yeah, maybe I, like I think you go process. a couple of times of interview to, there's a board, they decide, they make a decision. So it's there, it's a big project. But these people are ready. They've done very good things with their careers or they're in a stage of their career that they don't have the time to just meet whoever. They just want a specific app and a specific system to help them find that, that special person for them. So there are existing. There are apps for, for example, if you're religious and religion is very important, there are apps catering people, religious people. There are apps catering Armenians, actually. Okay, so we've got um, some comments. Um, Victor saying here, I agree with Matilda. It's a tool that opens the door, but the work still remains that each needs to find time to know each other to make it successful to swipe through. Very interesting. We hi techno. Um, so interested in this. We love that too. Uh, apps are just another tool. It's how you use it. And then we've got Victor here. To some extent, it's front. It's a front for the hide, their to hide their insecurity. And finally, he said, "I'm old school. I believe going out to rub shoulders, get rejected, and adjusted." And I like that comment because I have looked at things, and I've and I was thinking, as a man, it's very easy to become lazy. And why I say this is because where you have a dating app, you can just swipe left or right. You don't need to, let's say have any game to really to be able to approach a lady on the street and or in just your everyday circumstances because you're so used to that kind of veil of a dating app because it is like a masquerade ball you could uh, masquerade mask and um your skills or your techniques or however goes out the window um but it is interesting um because what Matilda's been speaking about a lot and Howard has been speaking about, it, even though they gave me grief at the start, is a lot about finance, security for women and matching. So thank you, ladies, for emphasizing my point. <laughs> but back to you, Carla. I mean, an anthropology point of view, women 
when he was in cave, when we were living in caves, we're looking for a man with muscles, with strong men, because that's what our survival was. Right now, I mean, as a woman, when you give birth, for, for so many women, not every woman, for some women, it's difficult to go back to work right away. So we need to feel that security. Actually, to feel pregnant, we like to feel that security. So it's not about the Ferrari. I mean, if the guy is treating me bad but giving me Ferrari, that Ferrari is not worth it. I need security. I need that peace. I need to nest somewhere. And that man can give you, uh, and it's, I think it's a global vision of, for, for the right woman, proper woman. But there are women that are gold diggers, so it's, the intention is different. But I think for most women, women in my age or a little bit younger, that they're looking for a life partner that they can give birth to have a child with for them it's important the security in any way emotionally financially physically okay we've got another question a quest uh, victor if you're, you're out here this is to you a question to jasper what if you don't have time to take the time and meet people well then that's where the app can serve you as a tool i'm not sure if that's a question or a statement but feel free to comment uh victor um, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Back to you, Matilda. I hear what you're saying, and I totally agree with you. Women need women need security. If you're going to be put out of action for nine months, and life's going to be difficult, made difficult. Obviously, you need that person who's got the finance. And yeah, no one wants to be treated badly. Ferrari is just a metaphor for finance. But at the end of the day, you still are looking for a pad with a, a bit more than two coins in his pocket. You're looking at a man who can give you security, and that is my point. But back to you, Carla. Right. So when I'm listening to this, I'm with Victor. I'm, I'm with the old school camp where I prefer to know the person, and I know that we've got something in common, and perhaps they don't know I like them, I don't know they like me, and there's just like a neutral ground where we've known each other. But I know that's very old-fashioned from the way that you guys are talking. I'm, I'm way back 20 years ago. But I want to talk a little bit about values and how values um, fits into this and how that connects also to your chances of success. Because when I'm listening to what you're saying, when I'm comparing it to the old school way, your chances of success sound quite low. And why I say that is because of factors like catfishing, people putting uh, lots of images, putting forward a front, pretending to be something they're not. And there was a wonderful comment earlier as well. I think it was uh, Victor again who said, um, to some extent, it's a front for hiding insecurity. So, Howla, I wonder what your thoughts are with regard to insecurities, people putting forward a fake version of themselves, and also increasing the chances of your success by thinking about things like your values um, yeah. and maybe your strategy with using dating apps. Have you got any thoughts? A lot of, I think I have... Um... I heard an experience about uh, those uh, robots that they do in the dating apps for men. <laughs> uh, when a man who is hesitant to pay for a premium version, uh, they send him a profile and a message uh, as a woman, very hot woman, and she said, like, do you want to go out for dinner? And the man, uh, to respond to that uh, robot woman who doesn't know that she's a robot, she he just you know pay for the premium to just talk to her and then she and then she goes the the robot just doesn't reply anymore and the men just feel heartbroken and insecure 
because he felt that there will be an engaging conversation, but, but that is just a tool. It's just a way to make uh, men more addicted and to swipe more and more and more and to, to, to talk more and more uh, with women and say, okay, I can, I can go to the next one, catfishing, go to the next one, to the next one. So um, I think, um, uh, yes, a lot of uh, uh, profiles uh, we should be aware of on these dating apps that it could be not real. And the people should really have this awareness and conscious about who they are talking to. And as Simon mentioned, uh, before going out to someone, you really need to a uh, video chat. And I always put that <laughs> in my uh, dating profile. I don't want to waste my time in texting. I prefer video chat because uh, that's how you see the real person. That's how you see how they speak, how they speak uh, about others, uh, their environment, where they are. And uh, that's very important. And also, um, it's important too to uh, remind yourself about your values and your intentions and what, why you are here. Or if, are you wasting your time? Are you meeting new people? Or you are just swiping left and right and it's going nowhere? So um, I do think values are important. And I always uh, uh, put in the description what I value, what I like, and what I don't like, what I can't tolerate. So it could um, get even uh, faster to that person that have the same values as you and not just getting trapped with uh, so much likes. But okay. well, I will say this though, um, Mahala, from what you're talking about, what happened to that man, it doesn't sound like a dating app. It sounds like one of those things where you get spammed and the woman tries to entice you sexually to come on there and then it's a whole different underground something. It's not a dating app. It's yes, those are dating apps, Simon. Sorry, oh, they, do, they do that for, for, for men to pay for the premium, prim, uh, premium version. Okay. Yeah, and also there are data collection. Uh, obviously, that apps to be successful, they also need to collect data about the users. That's a very important part of all online um, software and things like that, social media and connectivity-related uh, media. It's all about data collection. Because the more data the companies have on the users, the more that they can refine the services and the products to ensure that they meet people's needs. Because in the end, their goal is not really to connect you. I think that's what, well, maybe I'm being skeptical now, but I will say that their goal is not really to connect you. Their goal is for business. So whatever that is, whether that's to sell membership or whether it's to sell advertising or whether it's to increase the users and collect data, because actually data is a commodity now. Data is one of the biggest ways to make money um, now. Mm. It's even it's it um, it is in conflict with um, energy like oil. Mm. Data mm. is big business. So the more data that pe uh, companies can collect, the richer they can become basically because they sell the data, um, they swap the data, they do all sorts of transactions with the data. And the more data they have, the more they can build successful apps, but the more they can also use that data to build other um, products and services that will reel people in to get their money. Um, mm -hmm. And that's why we're talking about the realities behind dating apps, because mm -hmm. we're raising the question of, is it just there to serve us? And if it's not, what ways do we need to be more cautious about how we use it or more savvy, I guess. Mm -hmm. Right. Matilda, have you got any thoughts on that? Um, I think, yeah, at the beginning, uh, whoever wants to start. I mean, I used the dating app for 10 years. 
I used it in LA. I used it in New York most of my time. I used it in Geneva when I was working in Geneva. So um, I'm very familiar of it. And actually, my life in dating app, I can explain in three phases. When I was a student, uh, the dating was very different. Uh, my success uh, rate was different. When I didn't have a job, like I graduated and I couldn't find a job, uh, the dating uh, was very bad. Actually, men in New York, they didn't like to date me because I didn't have a job and I was looking for a job. And they were like, but you don't have a job. Why are you in dating app? I'm like, uh. <laughs> and then when I found a job, a very good job, uh, they were, all of them were very much interested because, and then made me realize, you know, the attitude of uh, where you live, it's very important because the men adopt to that circumstances as well. New York is not a place for a woman to not have a job. Men don't have the respect for it. Maybe in other places have, but it seems like, I mean, for me, well, I couldn't find a job. Uh, I couldn't find a job and a date in New York when I didn't have a job. Um, so it was interesting. It makes me realize you have to understand why you're on that app. If you're there to have fun, to meet people, it's a different ball game. Your techniques, your um, your emotional investment is different. If you're there to find the one, then you need to understand your time is very important, and you have to put it in a right app, in a right system, based on what your values are dictating you. For example, for you, if I don't know, marrying an Armenian is important, then you have to go to an app that gives Armenian or nationality-based app. If religion for you is important, then you have to go an app that uh, is based on that religion. So I think or some education is important for you to find the one in a certain level of education, then you should go to an app that uh, that level of educated people are in that app. So first know what you're looking for. Clearly, don't look for the one in Tinder. <laughs> But I think it's an, it's an exciting tool. Uh, you need to have that fun um, attitude about it, that, you know, you're meeting people, you're meeting human beings, not necessarily it's the one, but you can learn from something about them. And it can be very exciting, time-consuming, time but exciting. I'll just, okay, so we'll I'll just yeah. give you a statistic. In, um, what was it, late 90s, early 2000, it was announced on the radio that most men who are multimillionaires marry women who are borderline working girls. And they decreed, they, the, the statistics were saying that after the research they'd done is that when a man's got lots of money, he's not worried about having a highly educated woman with a job. He's just having, he's, he's concerned about having a woman that fills his personal criteria, whether that's family, raising a family, whether it's having a, kids whether it's just having a trophy and wife. that's with working wife working girls and that's the no, no, working Matilda, the criteria Matilda, is Matilda, Matilda please listen I did say borderline working girls borderline gotta listen yeah so that's what their point was the point was that when a man's got lots of money he doesn't really need to worry about a woman having a major job and all those kind of things. So this was an interest. I thought I'd throw that out there because it's very interesting that if as ladies you're, you're speaking about a man having certain this and having that, 
as a men, if when the men reach a certain pinnacle, it's not really a major factor. And it just shows how when people, if they are looking for starting a family or whatever on a dating app or just in life, the criteria is not necessarily the same. I think the time has changed and our men have a different brain and different value system and they like women with a certain caliber. Uh, a successful man that has worked hard to get where he is, he likes and he has a, he's coming from a good family, he has good values and principles, he's looking for a woman that comes from the same background as well, that worked hard to get where she is and she knows she knows society, she goes to work and she's with society. Is this I just want to, to sorry, back what Tatiana said. Yeah, before you do that, I just want to ask Matilda, is this based on your personal feelings or actual statistics? I'm sorry, I statistics in New York. I don't know anywhere else. No, but... because I'll be interested because I've given you something and I, I quoted the radio, which is the London Broadcasting Channel. If you could tell me where you get that from for New York, I'd be very interested to know about it. I, I think, guys, you know what's important here? Let me just cut in a second. I think what's important here is we're talking about something really important in relation to not only people's use of it, but also people's success rates. We're talking about culture and location. So, for example, you, New York has a very unique culture. You, New York is a, is a bustling metropolis. It's packed full of people and people from different backgrounds. And London is very similar. It's packed. But there are lots of places in the world where it isn't so crowded. So the, the pool of candidates isn't as big. So, for example, Simon, if you were dating in London, you probably would never need to date outside of London. And maybe your chances of finding someone would be quite high. What's the population of London at the moment? Well, it's anywhere between 10 to 12 million. Uh, we've lost a lot of people because of Brexit, but then still we have a couple of, they say, you always have 2 million people in London who aren't meant to be in the country. Right, so, so let's put that into context, actually, for our audience as well. Um, 10 million people, actually, in London, I heard something recently which wasn't related to dating, but it was saying that three of Britain's major cities, if you combined the population of those all together, they still wouldn't equal the number of people that are in London. And London's population is dynamic. It's continually changing. You get new people coming in and out daily. Um, so that has, a, you know, a very significant impact on someone who is dating, for example, in London. They would never tire of finding potential candidates, right? New York, I gather, what's the population there, Matilda? An estimate? 10 million as well. Yeah, actually doing the day more because lots of people come in for work. Yeah. yeah. What about Paris, Howler? How many people would, would be in Paris, for example, if you were dating inside of Paris? Uh, let me Google that. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So while you're looking for that, that would be very yeah, different. From some... million. How many? Seven, 11 million. Okay. So these major cities, dating in those places is going to be very different from, say, dating in... Um, I don't know, in a rural place, like where I live. I don't know the population where I live, but it's a tiny town. It's literally like five shops. <laughs> There's not, there are not that many people. So if you want to date, you'd have to go to the nearest big city. Um, but also different parts of the world. There are people in the Arab world who are looking for partners and everybody is coming from, let's say, a Western, middle or upper class educated background. So their way of dating, their way of looking for a partner would be very different from somebody in India. That would be very different from someone in rural India compared to Delhi or, you know, someone in Kenya compared to someone in, you know, a rural village in Scotland. So what 
what do you think people need to take into consideration? This is for all of you um, when it comes to their location and increase in their success rates. Uh, just before I um, jump in on there, this Victor's got a statement. Emotional security is recommended for anyone using these apps because if you get rejected after putting your best foot forward, can be crushing, which is very interesting because I <laughs> it doesn't bother me in the slightest. But I, <laughs> um, but yes, there's some people who take things very to heart. Um, back to you, Carla. Yeah, so the audience question and also for you guys is, is there an art of dating? If so, what is it? Um, and what, what do we need to bear in mind when it comes to things like location and culture um, in terms of increasing your success rate with finding a partner? I've, what I would say to that is this. From my travels, different communities, I say communities and countries, use different apps for different things. Certain communities and certain countries I've been in, it's strictly, more or less strictly business. Um, <laughs> where certain people go on, excuse me, <coughs> where certain people go on the apps. And I mean, business is in, you know, if you want a happy time, you're going to pay a price. And I, some people either use it for a kind of networking because there is a networking side, which um, we haven't discussed to the dating apps, where it's, I think it's on... Um, Bumble, you can do networking, dating, and just friends. So you can select there and you um, things like that. So it depends on the culture and how what people find are acceptable. And it also depends on what kind of app, um, religion you're looking for to what app, because there's Islamic apps as well, from my knowledge. But back to you. Yeah, Matilda. Tell us from your um, experience and your time in New York, I'm sure taught you a lot. Is there an art to dating on or offline? Uh, well, I'm, uh, if I, I got, just got married, I found the one for me and I found it through um, a conference that I went, an international conference that I went and uh, through mutual friend, I met him in that conference. So uh, my suggestion will be uh, anyone who wants to date and find the one, um, the, well, th this is for the one. It will be maybe to work hard in whatever they're doing, to become good at it so they can open more doors for them, um, not only um, career-wise, but like opportunity-wise and have a good personality so you can keep your old friends and connect with your old friends because, you know, sometimes it's a friend of a friend and why not? That can be actually a better because there's a some sort of a understanding and standard there as well. Um, I think you just need to open your eyes and open your heart and love yourself and enjoy your life. And I think the right person will come. But for younger generation, I don't think they should hung up about dating and going on a date that much. I think they just need to focus on living life and become a better version of themselves and better partner will come to their life through work, through friends, through apps, through walking in the street. And I don't know, I don't, I never lived in a city that it's not a capital or it's not the main city in that country. So I don't know what to say. Uh, for me, it's like living in the main city. 
okay. that better chance, more chances. But if it's not the case, I don't have any suggestion. I don't know. All right. Howler, what role do you think social uh, class and social divisions play in all of this? Yeah, it's just interesting what uh, Matilda said before about uh, she doesn't she didn't have a job and when she found a job she found a lot of uh, potential partners and I just want to add to that because they have done a study uh, on the Tinder app and they have done a survey about women uh, who have experienced sexual abuse and they have gathered statistics and they found that women who are not educated who doesn't have a jobs. Uh, they are more likely to experience sexual abuse than uh, educated girls and college uh, girls. So um, also this kind of, of, uh, of, of sexual abuse behavior, uh, a lot of men could, uh, could benefit from it when the woman is not really educated enough or she is um, emotionally drained or she doesn't have a support system or people to support her so it's very dangerous for for these women who are vulnerable uh, to this kind of uh, of apps i just want to warn also all women that if they want to just to go and and have fun it's up to you but um so you really need to 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 be careful uh with who you are dating uh, before, because we have seen a lot of tragic uh, accidents from the dating apps, and yeah, uh, absolutely, yeah. And it's not shopping. It's not. I think one of the dangers is with it because it is yeah. so easy, so accessible. It and start swiping. Um, it can be taken very um, lightly. And I know Simon mentioned earlier that it depends on people want. And and Matilda also touched on this um, about people who just want to go out there and have fun or whatever. Um, but that's very different for from people who are taking it more serious. Um, and that means that you have to approach things. We've got some awesome comments um, from Techno Sherman. Just want to take the time to welcome you and say thank you for your comments. It's great to have you with us. Um, Simon, can we read the comments? Yes. Matilda, um, I feel like it's case by case. I'm okay with my partner's situation as long as there's mutual love and bonds there. The next one is is the art. The art is being yourself, as authentic as possible, being confident with your being. And Victor says, culturally speaking, from an African perspective, it's just making its way to into mainstream, but religious gatherings and networking will still tops the list for long-term relationships. I, I can't dispute that. And the art to me is to stay open and realise you can and can order long-term relationships like KFC. <laughs> you must, that's uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken for those in the world who don't have KFC. You must know what ingredients you have to make things work. And I like that statement that Victor says because in my um, summary or conclusion is First of all, you must know why you're going on there and you must know yourself. So you must know your core values because even if you're just going on there for fun, you need to still have some core values because there's a high likelihood you'll bump into someone that you want to make something of with in life. And so if you know your core values, then you know really what will be your counterpart and you can move forward like that. And we're all learning, um, there's a saying that goes, you may not know what you want, but you sure as know what you don't want when you're about 40, you've experienced life. 
because you've got a lot of experiences that I'm not going to do it again. As Jordan Peterson says, the experiences, pain and suffering is a warning to remind you not to let that happen to you again. But we can't predict what we do like. We can't talk about what we do like because in, in retrospect, you haven't experienced everything in the world. You can only comment on the couple of things that were positive and your circumstances and situation is always changing in life. So I'd say go in there with an open mind, open heart and a closed wallet. No, only joking. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work. You need to open everything. <laughs> and, um, and also, there are, there's, there's, to go into depth a bit, there are many, it's very easy to vet people on um, a dating app. Um, from male's point of view, you've got women, some women who, oh, I like to go out nice places like restaurants and clubs. And their photos relate that. And then you've got this other kind of woman who shows that she's an outdoors, she's happy, she's got nice friends. Which one are you going to go for? You're going to go to one who seems like she's just going to be an expense and she's just all into herself or one who's sociable, happy and is living an adventurous life. And, you know, I could speak for myself. I can't speak for everybody on the planet. It, it's a done deal if you know who you are, what your core values are and what you're about in life. In that respect, assuming you're looking for a serious relationship. Um, if you're not and you just want a one night stand or whatever, well, that's down to you and that person you're involved with. But back to you, Carla. Okay, so I just wanted to put um, Victor's final, uh, the one where he said about um, that from the African perspective, just as a final um, discussion point. So, Howler, I wondered what you thought about this when he said that um, it's. Um, dating apps are actually just beginning to become mainstream um, in Africa and um, religious gatherings and networks still top the list for people finding long-term relationships. What do you think of that? Yes, I, I think it's interesting uh, because uh, <laughs> now for, for this kind of uh, dating apps, it's become now mainstream and uh, there are a lot of now of networking and religious gathering uh, that's become to to appear in a lot of websites, not dating apps. It's just like in meetups groups and other uh, meetups where you can gather with people who have the same interests as you, and also they have the same values as you, and you got to discuss that. And also you got to meet people who. Um, have the same vision of life as you and why not you can find also a partner there so i i do agree with uh, with victor in that uh because networking and also if the networking or in the place that you are in right now does not serve you that pre does not serve you or does not meet your standards and your value i think uh, uh you have to decide whether to leave or to change your values so Yes, I strongly agree with what Victor said. Yeah, okay, all right. So we're going to get ready to wrap up now. So guys, any final words of wisdom on the realities of dating apps based on your life experiences or anything we've discussed, Matilda? I think you shouldn't take it very seriously. Um, I, I don't think it should make you feel... Uh, drain because when you're on it and you it's case after case of disappointment you really get a little bit down and you're like oh is it me or is it the world 
But I think you should just not take it seriously and to understand this is numbers game as well. It's just you are maybe and took it as an opportunity that you're meeting these people. Yes, you're putting the time, but then you're learning something as well. Your social uh, interaction is getting better. You're understanding people better. Maybe have a better question to ask people. Um, so if you're not even getting the date, at least you can understand people better. So you can uh, without uh, better the next time. Um, and also, I don't believe in the um, dating app that much because I feel like you get a lot of opportunity. Any second, someone better is waiting for you. Uh, it's better to meet someone organically and um, meet them organically. I think that's a different way of connecting. Uh, but at least, you know, don't lose your opportunities. May meet as many people you can. Maybe you can become friends with them. Who said that it's only dating and having a romantic relationship? Sometimes it's about meeting interesting people, interesting humans, and become friends with them. Why not? And maybe through them, you can be invited to different party, different gathering, different conference, and then you will meet your the one. So be open, enjoy it, work on yourself, and become whatever you can do the best way that you can do. Um, don't focus on finding the person, focus on you. We've got a quick comments. Techno says, great point, Howler. I'm sorry if I spelled <laughs> your name incorrect. It's okay. <laughs> All right, Simon, any words of wisdom? In fact, let's not let you escape tonight without telling us, have you ever had any interesting um feedback from your episodes regarding dating apps because you've done so many oh yeah interviews. i've got uh i've got um i have to bring it up i've got a um app i've got a interesting <laughs> this lady i interviewed one night it's about 1 30 in the morning i picked her up from um bbc outside the old bbc headquarters bbc's a Prominent TV channels, one of the first TV channels on the planet, to be honest. And um, she had just been on this date with some man who owns his own business, whatever. And then she's talking. She's, she's talking about her experience of dating apps. She's a middle-aged woman, um, I think late 40s or something. But her behavior was like she's very young, to be honest. I'm not sure if she had had a few, but she just let rip her woman's perspective of how to work a dating app. Which is really interesting because I've never really heard a woman talking the way she has. But she was talking like, oh, if I don't like his curtains, swipe right. No, swipe left. Sorry, left is a negative. <laughs> right is a positive. If he's um, if he hasn't got a good body, swipe left. Um, if he's got sunglasses on the can't see his face, swipe left. Yeah? What car has he got? But she was but she had her own money. And she had, a, she had been divorced. She got her kids. She had a nice house from when I dropped her there. But she was just very bam, bam, bam. Like, she knew what she wanted. She knew what she didn't want. But then she was very over the moon about this guy she'd just met. So I kind of um, tongue-in-cheek in her, uh, what do you call it, her mannerisms, what she's saying, because in the day you found somebody who you hope is going to work. He's a... He's been divorced as well. So you, you're really hoping it's going to work. All, all your criteria. Um, how do you meet yourself? Um, all your criteria isn't what it really is. Um, but there's other people who spoke about dating apps, but really they end up being working girls. 
Um, they turned out, sorry, they not ended up, they turned out they're working girls, they're escorts who've used these dating apps to find clients. And um, I'm dropping them home three in the morning from having their happy time and doing whatever they've done. Um, there's a wide range of people out there who use these facilities for whatever. But what always strikes me is that nearly everybody would like to have somebody, if not right now, later on in life. Um, and that's, that's the beauty of dating apps. It's something for everybody, um, depending on what you want. You just have to make sure you connect with the right person. You're on the same page. But I will post a link um, for that date. I can't remember the dating app. Um, excuse me. I can't remember the dating app episode, but I will post it on our social media group. And then um, hopefully you can check that out. Back to you, Karma. Okay, Howler, any final words of wisdom? Um, well, just for for young women who are out there, I think it's uh, it's uh, very important to be careful on who you are meeting. And uh, also, uh, don't be afraid to express who you are as a person and uh, talk more about your values and what you're looking for in the first date rather than going through dates and dates and dates, and you're not really telling uh, your values and what you're looking for, and you're just wasting your time uh, with that person. Uh, yes, so it's uh, a very difficult field to be in right now. I do love the old school too. I wish we could <laughs> go back to the old school uh, <laughs> game, but I mean, things are changing and we need to adapt to it. Yeah, and I, I think Matilda made a lovely point earlier, um, which was that it isn't the only way um, to meet people. You can, you, and I guess you can use um, the online dating or dating apps to supplement um, your other interactions. And, and it's not 100% all online. You still need to be networking in the traditional way. You still need to be socializing. You still need to be getting out there and physically meeting people because that's really important body language and just knowing people finding things to do that are active where you meet more and more people and then of course you can use apps or whatever um, in line with your values and you know the way that you what you're looking for um, to supplement that so I think we've got one final comment Simon um, and then we're going to wrap up and talk about our individual podcasts <laughs> can That's you a un good comment. unmute yourself yeah, thank you. We've got this guy here up here. He says dating apps are perfect to keep millennial clients forever <laughs> alone. Is that true, Hala? Yes, I mean, uh, people who are born in the 90s are uh, are not married right now, and people who are born in the 2000s are married. So, where are the 90s people? Why are you not married? <laughs> okay, just, just to let you know, that, that's my link up there for the tax. Um, Taxi Chronicles, the actual app, sorry, the actual episode is 308. So I should put that 308 on YouTube, Spotify. And it's a bit of a, um, it's an interesting one. The lady went on a date. Oh, this is another one, sorry. The lady went on a date and she ended up getting taken to like a, a swingers, a swingers spa where everybody goes naked walking around. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was quite an interesting one. So it's Taxi Chronicles episode 308. You can give it a listen. It's a, a famous spa 
in North London called Rio's Bar, named after the famous Rio in Brazil, Rio de Janeiro. But anyway, you really know the place. Uh, you know, okay. And uh, last word, get out there. <laughs> yeah, get out there and meet people. Okay. Uh, and, and, and it, oh, it was Sasha. Oh, he's changed his name. <laughs> What's that? It's something French. Oh, it makes sense. And uh, um, Techno said another great point in closing, Carlo. Great episode, podcaster, podcaster. Thanks a lot. And back to you, Carla. Yeah. And, um, that's it for today's episode, guys. It was been wonderful to have um, Techno Shaman with us. I think that's Bull Bull uh, or Sasha. <laughs> Lovely to have you with us. Thank you, Victor, for your contribution. We look forward to having you back with us. And um, I was your host. My podcast is the Wonder and Wellbeing Podcast. It's a podcast for parents and teachers, and it's all about education and well-being. And you can catch it everywhere that you can find podcasts. If it's not where you want it to be, then reach out and we can get it there. Over to you, Matilda. And my podcast is Coffee with Matilda, A Journey to Self. And it talks about how to find yourself, how to love yourself. And it's uh, in every platform of uh, podcasts, also Facebook and uh, YouTube. Over to you, Carla. So my podcast is about women's stories where you hear about successful women, different than what Simon's uh, talking about other women. So <laughs> you uh, got to hear different uh, stories from uh, women who rose above different challenges. And you can find my Spotify on my podcast on Spotify, iTunes and all other platforms. <laughs> Over to you, uh, Simon. Thank you, um, Hala. Just to point out, success is what someone deems it, whether it's family, money, whatever. But as long as you get what you wanted out of it, it can be classed as success in your eyes. Um, my podcast is Taxi Chronicles. You can hear many different episodes, over 500 different episodes, 500 plus as it goes, all about different people's life story and what they're doing on in life, including the dating world. I've got three dating um, episodes of 308 and... Uh, some other episodes at present, but we're on all major platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Back to you, Carla. Yeah, and in summary on today's episode, the realities behind dating apps, we would like to um, encourage you to know why you're using the dating apps, know what your core values are, exactly what you're looking for. Get out there and live life. Meet people in the flesh as well if you are using dating apps. And as Howland rightly pointed out, make sure that you stay safe. Um, follow all the, the systems and the rules that we have in society about staying safe and staying connected and looking out for one another. You can join us again for another episode next week. Um, hopefully we'll be back live on Facebook when they sort out their technical issues. If not, you can catch us on YouTube. And we look forward to having another discussion with you. See you next week. <laughs>